The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we're going to hear from one of my favorite scientists, storyteller Leslie Jones. How's your week going? Last week, the Dixie Ramble was shorter because I was feeling self-conscious. I was feeling sad from all the death that's been going on in my life lately. And one of the things I asked for was fan mail for Jeffrey Allen Hayes so that I could pass it along to him because he has just said he can't get on stage anymore. I've told him I'd love for him to do stories however he wants to. doesn't have to be on a stage. We can still put them on the podcast. And he said he'd consider it. So I asked you if you would give me a message to pass to Jeffrey so that Jeffrey could know that his stories are heard and they're important. And I got an email from a fan in the Netherlands who included a voice memo that was only for me and Jeffrey, but they did include some information in the email that it was attached to. And they talked about how much they love the stories on body and especially how much they love the Dixie Ramble. And I will tell you the truth, the Dixie Ramble is the hardest part of this podcast because it's me. I don't have a lot of trouble being real, but it is... It's been two years of bad news, and if you keep having to dole out bad news, it makes you pretty self-conscious. So after reading that email, I put it out on social media, and I asked, what do y'all like about the Dixie Ramble? Because people tell me all the time it's one of their favorite parts, and I really don't get it. I know I should. I know I should be vain and go, of course my voice is fantastic, but I don't. You know, I don't like my voice. Nobody likes their own voice, do they? And one of the things that I got almost immediately on social media was this reply that I'm going to read to you from listener Eileen. Why do you like the Dixie Ramble? Eileen's answer was your accent, your smooth, silky delivery, your passion, your genuine love for the people in stories, that voice, your authenticity. I can feel your smile through the speakers in my car. When I have you in my earbuds or headphones, sometimes you have a moment of personal amusement, like you just remembered something funny unrelated to what you're talking about, and it feels like for that brief moment, I am part of a very personal, dirty little secret. The podcast relationship between listener and host is unique and intimate, and you make me feel safe and loved and excited and aroused and held and appreciated. Thank you, Eileen. That blew my doors. I don't think about myself that way. 
and it is so moving to hear that this is important to you. I mean, I'm a pleaser. I'm pretty much going to do whatever y'all tell me to do. And a big part of what I do is make a space for people to share these stories. I can get behind encouraging people to get on stage. I can just go off on the storytellers. I can talk about how hard they worked, how great their stories are, how much I enjoyed working with them because I think every single person in the world deserves a standing ovation. It is life-changing. Watching people get on stage and be terrified and watch them walk off with that look, that proud look. Like not only did I do it, but people got out of their chairs and applauded for me. That's what I love. But talking, just talking, that is me just rambling and that's why it's called the Dixie Ramble. So I'm gonna do it because y'all told me to do it. And just know that some weeks it's shorter than others because I get in my head and I feel self-conscious and go, Dixie, who gives a shit? It's been two years of you complaining about your broken heart and about how hard your life is. And everybody's life is hard. And I think we all have that voice in our head. And the voice in my head is really mean. (laughs) It always has been. So I try and be the voice in your head to make you know that you're important and you're loved. And every single thing that you take the time to type out or record on a voice memo and share with me, it is life-changing for me. So thank you. Thank you, Eileen, for that message. Thank you for the other people who replied on that thread and said so many wonderful, blush-inducing things. And thanks to you. I'd love to hear from you because, as I said, energy exchange. I want to know what's going on in your life. This feels way too one-sided. And I will podcast because you want me to. But if I had my druthers, we'd be in a room together. I'd be hugging you. We'd be talking about you because that feels good to me. That body of yours, you only have the one, so you need to take great care of it. Make pleasure more pleasurable, if you can. And when it comes to the lubrication you use, I recommend UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-safe ingredients. UberLube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction, not sensation. Thousands of doctors recommend it for its simple ingredient list, making it widely used by people with sensitivities to other lubricants. And many people say, I never knew lube could feel this good. And when you care for your body with UberLube, you can use it inside and outside. It's great for chub rub, flyaway hair, and more. And one beautiful bottle of UberLube has multiple uses. And because UberLube loves body storytelling as much as I love them back, they're offering body storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. Sex in any form is important to your happiness. And if you want to make sex even better, make sure your lube is made with the highest quality body safe ingredients. Remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. When it comes to lubrication, nothing beats it. UberLube, it lets you feel what you want to feel. It's a busy month here at Body Storytelling. Want to know what's coming up? On Friday, March 25th, we have a live show. 
just one month after our last live show. What? The world? You just never know how it's going to turn out, do you? The theme is fingers crossed. And you know how every week on the podcast, I thank Mosa Maxwell-Smith, one of our team members? Well, Mosa has this new story that just happened. So Mosa will be taking the stage on the 25th. We have some brand new performers who've never been on our stage. And we also have a musical act who's never performed anywhere yet. During the pandemic, late in 2020, Katie Cookie was watching the Body live stream and decided to make it a goal that she was going to be on the Body storytelling stage. She started writing original songs for us and she is doing her first gig ever on stage at Body. That's how you start in front of the most supportive, loving audience out there, right? So brand new music, brand new storytellers. Tickets are in the show notes and they're also on our website. And just two days later is the start of my next storytelling workshop. I've been working hard on this puppy and there's a whole bunch of new stuff that I have added to how to be fascinating Dixie's secret system for brilliant storytelling. It's going to be starting on a Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific. That means if you're in Europe, it's not the middle of the night for you. I'm doing this for you. So please join us. Sunday's such a great day to tell stories, and I'd love to help you find your story. Sign up. There's a few spots left in How to Be Fascinating, and get your tickets as soon as possible for Fingers Crossed on Friday, March 25th. Emails. Laundry. Groceries. The list goes on. There's a lot that's on your to-do list, but what should be at the top? The answer is you. This year, put yourself first with the help of Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. They feature believable characters and stories that transport you to a better place. And Dipsy releases new stories every week, so there's always more to explore. Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're into or what turns you on. Best of all, Dipsy offers unlimited access to their library of hundreds of short, sexy stories. I know you love stories because you're listening to this podcast. Well, Dipsy knows it too. So right now, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash D-I-X-I-E. That's 30 days of free access when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Dixie. Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. Head over to dipsystories.com right now and tell them I sent you by using the promo code Dixie. Whenever I get a spare moment these days, I like to go through the archives and listen to old stories. And this is one I found recently and thought, oh my God, how is it possible I've never had Leslie on the podcast? I mean, honestly, before we had a podcast, Leslie was a member of the San Francisco team and was the person who was most insistent that Body have a podcast. I argued with her all the time. And she's like, nope, nope. Here are the 87 reasons why Body needs a podcast. I originally met Leslie when she was attending body storytelling in San Francisco, and a few years later, she moved to Seattle, which also, incidentally, was a regular spot each month for body, so I still got to see her all the time, which was great. 
she is somebody who pours her heart out on the stage. She loves to. I will never forget, and this might have actually been the performance. Many, many years ago, I was doing a show with Risk podcast, and we had agreed to put Leslie into the show because Leslie was one of my favorites, and I talked her up quite a bit. And she was upstairs puking right before she came on stage and killed. Puking. I really will never understand why people put themselves through that. And it's just incredible. Once you get that out of the way, you walk up to the microphone, you just spill your guts onto the stage, and we fall in love with you. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Leslie Jones is a scientist, burner, hedonist, and storyteller based in Seattle. If she were a Dungeons and Dragons character, her alignment would be lawful good in the streets, chaotic good in the sheets. She has performed with Body Storytelling, Risk, The Moth, The Mystery Box, and was featured on Dan Savage's Hot Mic podcast. You can find her on Twitter at Science Patrol or leaving roses and invitations to come play board games outside your door at night. This storyteller is someone I adore. This storyteller is Leslie Jones. Confessions. I'm a kinky pervert. (laughs) And I live in the Bay Area, and it's Folsom Eve, so in my circles, that's pretty much equivalent to a holiday. Now, tomorrow morning, all the ponies and puppies will come out to play and prance around. The Leathermen will flood the streets, and the kink.com booth will give out branded hand sanitizer and other not-safe-for-work swag. But tonight, tonight my my friend is, is throwing a sexy party. And I am standing in one of the big bedrooms on the second floor of her house. It has large vaulted ceilings and wooden floors. And I'm standing there with my hands folded neatly behind my head. Chin up, shoulders back like a good girl. I'm wearing black lace panties and this sexy garter belt I got on sale for 70% off, guys. Last week at Victoria's Secret and a pair of brand new black nylon thigh highs I bought especially for this occasion. I'm standing like this because my friend Greg is tying me up with the intention of hanging me from the ceiling very shortly. I've never done this before, but I mean, I'm pretty happy, I guess. Everything's going according to plan. My sweet husband and good friends are chilling on the bed, just watching while chatting casually amongst themselves. My friend Hannah even brought a tray of snacks. I feel Greg wrap the rope above my breasts, below my breasts, snugly, tightly, and with intention, between my breasts. And then he moves to my leg and, did Hannah bring salami? (laughs) God damn, I hope she saved some for me because I think I might be hungry after that, after this. And suddenly, suddenly I feel myself being pulled up into the air and this is happening a lot faster than I expected. Just lean into it, says Greg. So I do and suddenly I'm defenseless. tied up in rope, hanging from the ceiling, and this is fine. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, I guess. Okay, why isn't this cooler? 
I mean, conceptually, this shit is completely fucking bananas. Like, I'm tied in rope, hanging from the ceiling, and why don't I feel anything? Like, am I just that jaded? Have I been in the kink scene so long? Like, this isn't enough to turn me on? What has happened to me? And then, and then I'm shot back in time to five years ago across town to the Soma District of San Francisco. And Nick, my sweet husband, and I are on our way to our very first play party at a real live dungeon. We step out of the car into the crisp fall air and everything smells like pee. <laughs> There's glass all over the ground. I see the door of the venue, and there's a group of people smoking outside, and they just remind me of the goth kids I wasn't cool enough to hang out with in high school. <laughs> Not everyone's mom let them shop at Hot Topic, okay? <laughs> so... We're walking toward the door, and waves of anxiety are washing over me. I mean, Nick and I are kinky, but we've never done anything like this before. I, I, I'm stressing out. I'm thinking maybe we should have stopped at Halloween City on the way here and gotten, like, masquerade masks. I feel like people wear those a lot in movies. Like, what if it's really seedy and there's cum all over the walls? But what, what if someone wants to fuck me? Like, how do I even begin to have that conversation? That's, that is not in my skill set. I don't have those words, but it is happening, and we're walking through the door, and we're walking down the hall, and we get to the desk, and we pay our $20 each, and to be at this party, we have to be members of the club, so we print our names, and we sign our names, and we write the date, and we write the home, our home addresses, and it all feels a little bit like registering as a mutant in X-Men. It's... It's official, guys. It's official. I'm a kinky pervert now. I signed my name to it. And then, but then, we're walking around the corner, and I'm, I'm immediately struck by a few things. First of all, there's luggage everywhere. Why? Why is there luggage everywhere? <laughs> I mean, I knew sex tourism was a thing, but do people just, like, fly in for this shit? Okay, 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 okay. Now I recognize this as a perfectly valid BDSM life hack. I mean, we have lots of heavy things. Like, where else are you going to, like, put your 120 feet of rope and your stainless steel ass hooks and your freaking, like, breathing hoods and your latex and your sleep sacks and everything? I mean, you have to wheel that around. You want to save your bad back for, like, the beatings, right? So, but at the time, I was super confused and distracted by that and trying to figure it out for way too long. The second thing I noticed is there's snacks, of course, that makes sense, but there's also like a dispenser for coffee complete with the stack of tiny styrofoam cups, like the kind you'd expect to find in a Jiffy Lube waiting room or like an AA meeting in a church basement. I thought about it for a second and that did make sense for me. I mean, we're all planning on having a late night, right? Yeah. So the third thing that really struck me was no one was naked and no one was fucking. See, this, this club had two floors. The top floor, which we had walked into, was the, um, the social area, and the bottom floor was the dungeon. So in the social area, there were like some nice rugs on the ground and some nice ca couches. It all felt very classy. I mean, there were a couple girls in corsets like kneeling on the ground, but other than that, it seemed totally normal. So Nick and I sat down, but I did not let my guard down. I expected some sort of Ottoman-based gangbang all a story of, oh, to break out at any second. 
And speaking of which, I was actually glad we did not bring masquerade masks because no one was wearing them. So that, that was a relief. That was the only relief though, because I was really stressed out and I was experiencing this stress by projecting all of my feelings onto poor Nick, who looked lovely in his like suit. We weren't sure what to wear, so I wore like a nice dress and he wore like a suit with a tie. But I was projecting all of my emotions onto Nick, so we're sitting there and he's like stroking my shoulder. And I'm like, Nick, it's okay. Like, I understand if you're uncomfortable. We can leave if you want. It's okay. Like, it's okay to be stressed out. Like, again, like, we don't have to do this. He's like, Leslie, it's chill. It's totally fine. Like, you should just enjoy yourself. It's fine staying there longer. No, seriously, if you want to leave, it's fine. Like, you don't have to be ready for this right now. Tiny steps. Let's go home. And finally, he said, well, I mean, it sounds like things are getting interesting downstairs because although we couldn't see downstairs, we could definitely hear downstairs. There were a lot of screams coming up, screams of pain, and I mean, it sounded like the kind of thing that Nick and I were into, so it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> so eventually he pulls me down the stairs and we walk into the dungeon, and I don't know what I was expecting to see, but it was still shocking because there were a lot of um, apparatuses with people on them and other people doing things to those people on those things. And my, my, my anxiety turns into hyper politeness. So I'm like, Nick, we can't walk too close. Like, I don't want to invade anyone's personal space. Is it okay if we're looking? Like, should we pretend to avert our eyes? Or like, finally, I was like, we're the only people down here not playing. That's rude. Like, maybe we should go back upstairs. And Nick was like, good point. He fucking grabbed my arm and brought me over to the only free piece of equipment, which was a very tall, very thin cage, just big enough for like a Leslie to fit into. He opens the door, pushes me inside, and as he shuts the door, okay. So I had always known that dungeons existed thanks to things like the Adams Family and CSI. <laughs> but conceptually, conceptually, they always seemed kind of weird to me. I mean, like, what were they? These kind of seemed like forever, like, uh, 24-hour fitness except for dark sex like what is this like all of the the metal equipment with the padded leather on it it, it just seemed kind of strange but what I hadn't anticipated was the way it feels to step into a piece of furniture that has been designed specifically to entrap and display and humiliate and hurt a human being as Nick shut the door I felt my face get really hot and all the blood rushed to my toes and I could hear the heartbeat in my ears. And he had shut the door, but I wouldn't have dreamed of leaving. He took a couple steps back and just looked at me. And I stared back, thinking about what he must be seeing, me, on display. We stood that, like that for a few minutes and then he stepped forward and suddenly my heart and my brain were on the same page for the first time that night. I was like, I don't want to go, I'm not ready yet, but he had no intention of letting me out. He opened the door, pulled a pair of ice cold, hard metal handcuffs out of his pocket and he slapped them onto my wrists and he attached them to the top of the cage. So now I was trapped, but not trapped enough for him because he took off his tie and he tied it around my head like a blindfold and now I couldn't see and I couldn't move and he shut the door and I heard and felt a click and I was trapped and I was locked and I couldn't see anything. I imagined all the people's eyes on me. He could just leave me like this here if he wanted to. 
And then he reached through the bars and he did what is to this day the most intense act of power exchange we've ever done together as a couple. He untied the bow that was holding the top of my dress up and the top fell away, exposing my breasts. I've always been ashamed of my breasts. They're, they're small and goofy looking and I was raised to like look at nakedness as something that was really wrong and embarrassing and I'd never been naked in public before, not even like this. But as I stood there, I imagined all these people's eyes on me, examining me, looking at me. It didn't feel embarrassing, it didn't feel awkward, it felt fucking hot. My, my face was still on fire, but that's okay, because now my pussy was really wet. And I'm standing there and I feel their eyes and I don't know where he is and suddenly I'm snapped back in time and it's 2015 and it's Folsom Eve and Nick has just hit me really hard with a leather flogger at my friend's house. Pay attention, Leslie. And I do, I do. For the first time that night, I do. I feel the fibers of the hemp rope digging into my leg. I feel the entrapment of the rope around my body and it feels so good. Pain is exquisite. I am trapped here. And more of my friends have entered the room and I feel their eyes on me. And I'm topless, but I didn't even think about it when I took my shirt off that night because I'm comfortable like this. Because my tits are fucking sexy. And it feels good. It feels so good. And I think back to that girl five years ago who walked into that dungeon, the terrified, terrified girl, and I think about how far I've come and where I am now and how fucking lucky I am because you know what? This is just another fulsome eve. Nobody, I have no fear for nobody. I have no fear for nobody. Nobody, nobody, nobody. 
That song was Fear for Nobody by Moniskin. Want to watch Body's next live stream for free? I'm thrilled to say it looks like live shows are back, and that means our live streams are too. Free live stream tickets are just one of the ways that I can thank our Patreon supporters, the people who got me to the 15-year mark last month. I want you to join our community too, so I'm giving you a free live stream ticket to this upcoming live show if you join now. Wonder where the live stream replay lives? Yep, they're all on Patreon, so not just this live stream, but all the past live streams too. So go to patreon.com slash body. Patreon is where our online community lives because there's way less restrictions on sex, kink, and gender conversations and way more true stories. Go to patreon.com slash body and become a member to get your free live stream ticket now. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, let me ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because you will help people learn about body storytelling. And learning's fun, isn't it? Help somebody else out. This podcast is life-changing for so many people so you can change lives wherever you are. I want to say thank you to the team that make this podcast possible. Thank you to Ruben Tan, who does our live stream of our live shows. Thank you to David Grossoff, Joe Moore, Donald Mooney, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, and podcast producer Roman Den Haudeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della Tour. This has been episode 218 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. I beg, I beg.